0: what is up wrestling fans welcome to episode number 609 of the smart out moment smack talk podcast hot tags of the week we're going to be breaking down all the things that happened in the world of pro wrestling over the past few days that we feel like talking about tv recap stuff rumors news gossip anything else under the sun i'm your host as always tony mango joining me as always are robert e. felice i'm
1: putting the zero in 609 baby
0: <laughs> one of the most random intros that i've ever heard callum wiggins you're following that
2: i'm not being one of the other numbers yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for a lot of different things. Uh, One thing that shouldn't lie, though, you should be hitting the thumbs up button and boosting those numbers for the likes on this video. If you are also not subscribed to the channel, make sure that you subscribe to us. If you are out there over on YouTube, then click on some of those other buttons, too, like the little join button that gives you access to the same things as the Patreon, like the Darkcast and the Pick Your Poison tier. Also click on the little notification bell. That way you get the email alerts of when we go live for the post show for SummerSlam coming up tomorrow night. And you know, we'll be doing our normal people for your point breakdown of all that stuff that happens. Pick up some merchandise on Redbubble and Public, And let's continue on here with just barreling through the hot tags. Uh, talk about some miscellaneous things first before we get into some of the bigger topics. Dominic Mysterio got a new neck tattoo says villano on it i don't know why people are getting neck tattoos it's not my thing i'm not a tattoo guy to begin with but hey at least it's a smaller tattoo than the american nightmare one right
1: <laughs> yeah i think this is this is fine it just goes that he's growing up it's not like a cody tattoo something like that mommy tattooed on his neck like like undertaker style with the sarah tattoo yeah mommy, <laughs> it'd be funny if he did but no, then this is a fine tattoo.
0: I'm never one to be like, oh, you know, well, if you if you got something going on in pro wrestling, it'll stick around forever, so you should get that kind of a tattoo. I can understand, like, you know, like, Edge gets, like, the rated R superstar logo on his uh, arm or, or something, but it does kind of surprise me that he would get a thing like that just being like, yep, I'm a villain. There you go. I got that on there. He
1: uh, can, can make it mean anything. Okay. In his day-to-day life, you
0: know? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's his own decision and stuff, but, uh, yeah, it's one of those little side stories of we like to have a, a bunch of variety of different topics to talk about here. That's one of them. <laughs> Any thoughts on that, Callum? Is this news? Yeah, <laughs> why not? Like, what would you get if you got a neck tattoo?
2: <laughs> um, I'd put, like, a line across to let him know where to put the guillotine. <laughs> I, I, do, I do i do like the fact that like tony always sends us over like, list of things that he's got in the lineup beforehand and just see this at the top of it just like oh, he's included all this stuff and the g1's nowhere great <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah, well
0: let's put it this way is there any update on the g1 that changes your perspective of anything or do you still think it's naito
2: well I, there's nothing that's changed it in terms of Naito still definitely it was eliminated
1: shell. from the from the G1.
2: All right, so I can, I can give a quick update. Just I won't rush for it. I'm going to go spend as much time as I did last time because uh, the blocks haven't been decided yet. But what we know from this is in block A, Sonada's definitely through. He's won every single one of his matches. And then it's going to be one of Hikaleo, Kaito, Kiyomiya or Shota Umino that will join him in the second one. One of those three. In Block B, Okada's already through, and it'll be one of Will Ospreay or El Phantasmo that joins him.
1: Mm.
2: In Block C, there's five people that are still alive going into the final show, which is David Finley, Evil, Eddie Kingston, Tamaton and Shingo Takagi. Any two of those can go through in certain combinations. And then Block D, there's also five people that are still technically alive. Uh, Jeff Cobb, Tetsuya Naito, Zack Sabre Jr., Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Hiroki Goto. And any two of those in certain configurations can all go through as well. So there's even like the possibility in, in block D that all f- five can tie on the same point. And then what do they? What would happen in that? Um, in that in that situation, actually, four people would be on the exact same score, so they'd have to have another mini tournament to choose which two of them are going through. Oh, that'd be weird. <laughs> which means they're not gonna. Ha- that's not gonna happen.
0: But, they wouldn't uh, do like a four way or something like that.
2: Nah, probably go. not. They don't. They don't usually do four. It's not out of the question for New Japan, but they very rarely do multi-man matches like that. Hmm. Um, they might do something in Block A where um, they could end up with two people who ended up on the same points, and they might do a uh, what they would call like an elimination match the second night over, where they would just face each other again on the equal points, and uh, the winner would go through. That'd be uh, if Kaito Kiyomiya and Shota Umino finish on the same points because they both. They had a draw against each other earlier in the tournament so there are some fun configurations they could end up doing it still hasn't changed my opinion that naito is going to win because naito is still very much in it. it doesn't change the fact that rob still thinks okada's in because is definitely in he's one that's absolutely confirmed in
1: it puts kiyomiya right at at the spot where he could be the number two and eventually get a match against okada right
2: I think that's highly unlikely at this point because they wouldn't be fa- they wouldn't face each other in the next round. So because it's uh, the winner of well, the second place in block C, well the winner of block C places faces the second place in block A. So it would be someone else would face Kiyomir. Okada The only time Okada could face Kiyomir would be the semis at the earliest. So and I doubt that Kiyomir is going to go get two wins i mean stranger things have happened but the fact that he isn't actually employed by new japan makes me would make me feel a bit surprised if they pushed him that far in the tournament like
1: at this point he's got to be considering making a move i don't know i god knows i don't know what their contracts are like but he's done very well for himself
2: oh he's probably on their radar definitely and he's and he has had a very good showing at this he's been one of the uh standout performers of the entire g1 so far but uh, as well, as of this point in time, he is still contracted to another company. So we'll see what they decide to do. They've kind of put him in a position where he will—he at least has a chance of going through. So maybe they feel like it's been respectful enough, and they said, uh, "We're actually going to push one of our actual guys instead." But you never know. But yeah, that's a, just a G1 update. We'll know absolutely for certain. I think by the, by the next time we um, record the hot tags, we'll know who's going to be in the semi-finals, let alone the quarterfinals. So. So yeah, it's coming to a close soon, but uh,
1: it's been within the next two weeks we'll have a winner and we'll know who's going to the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Yep. And, this uh, is yeah, a
0: potentially talking. a stupid question.
2: Why is it called the G One? we that. It stands for Grade One. Okay. It's the idea that it's, it's just the idea that like these are the best of the best, so it's a grade, right. grade One climax. Yeah.
0: That makes sense. Because I was always just like, "Wait, well, you know what I never really thought about it <laughs> now that I was like looking at know, that on the list I'm just like, you know I really don't know what G one stands for
2: i can't remember when i don't, I, can't, I can't remember the first time that it was uh it was named that because it didn't used to always be called the Grade One climax. I can't remember what it was previously called. I think it was uh it, the, the previous name they had for it was called the uh where is it the uh World Cup Tournament Than previously
1: before. Would it be reasonable to assume it would be uh, 1990?
2: Uh, yeah, that was well, yeah, yeah, 1990 was when it first got the name the G1 Climax, or 91 actually technically, because they took a break in 1990 for some reason. But uh, yeah, before that, it was called things like the IWGP League and the MSG League and the World League because I guess it was just due to the fact that it was it had people like you know Hogan was in one of those original ones, and Andre the Giant, so maybe it was just to push the idea that it wasn't just Japanese wrestlers.
1: Perhaps most importantly, from 83 to 88, it was called the International Wrestling Grand Prix, which is why all of the titles are the IWGP titles.
2: Mm. So yeah, that's a little brief history of that then as well, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll know pretty much for certain who's at least going to be battling for the right to challenge Sonata, or if even wins it? Who knows? Sonata hasn't lost a match yet, so maybe he, maybe they are just going to have him win everything in a desperate attempt to make him seem like he's a worthy world champion.
0: And then he's going to be uh, pulling a big swerve, and instead of picking who he said he was going to pick before, he's just going to pick, like, uh, I don't know, like um, Brandon Cutler. A child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's uh, the G1 side of things. Let's talk about a movie. I don't know why I said that kind of like Cost of Powers right then. That kind of weird. A movie. movie. We have talked before about this Mildred Burke biopic that's supposed to be in production and coming out. Uh, Liv Morgan and Charlotte Flair were originally going to be in it. Apparently, they've been completely replaced by Tony Storm and Camille, which is interesting to me on multiple different levels because first off, if they would have been filming anything reshoots take a lot of time and take a lot of coordination and a lot of money. So for them to replace them probably means that they were pretty bad, but then to also be replaced by Tony storm and Camille, it's not even like they went with like, okay, well, we don't want to go with pro wrestlers. We want to go with like legit actors. No, they just went with, you know, another, tall blonde woman to replace charlotte and then they went with another blonde to replace Liv morgan and we had talked before about the idea of like well do they necessarily look like the characters and all well you know in this way and in that way sort of maybe kind of i don't know you can stretch it and in that kind of fashion um i don't know tony storm and Liv morgan playing that part camille and flair playing uh bilger burke I'm very curious how this is all going to go down. I was not thinking that it was going to be some, you know, Oscar caliber type thing to begin with or whatever. I've heard some good and some bad things about that Von Erich movie. I don't know if that's like what to necessarily believe. Some things seem like it's like, well, it's going to be really bad. And some other things are like, hey, I don't necessarily trust that. But it's pretty interesting. Storm replaces Morgan. Camille replaces Flair. If I would have bet on anything it would have been maybe that they would have gotten just replaced by like lesser known names or
1: actors and stuff I, it's very clear what happened to me here. what happened here to me is that they clearly wanted wrestlers WWE probably stepped in and said what you don't want our name on it never mind you can't have our people
2: maybe like, yeah I mean I think that's it indicates to me that they probably weren't going to have, if, if it is being reshot or they've already done stuff with them and now he's being reshot, it makes me feel like they didn't have very prominent parts in the movie to begin with. So you feel like, okay, we'll just have two other wrestlers coming, so just really be more on the wrestling side than the acting side of things.
1: Um.
2: But yeah, I could just say that... uh in, in... I I would say, like, it makes sense or anything. Maybe they just have other commitments or, yeah, maybe it was just a case that they, they weren't the right fits for the role and they thought that them being prominently prominent names was enough and then they realised that they wanted to transition to people that in their minds were probably better fits for the role. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I imagine it's probably more just a case of they're probably just there to wrestle and so it doesn't really matter too much that they decide to switch them out.
0: Well, Camille is playing... Camille is
1: definitely June Byers, right? She's
0: June Byers, yeah. yeah. Tony Storm is playing Clara Mortensen. So, I mean, it's not like they are playing Mildred Burke for this Mildred Burke f- film, so they probably didn't have to do like too, too much. But for them to... I mean, I don't know how big those parts are going to be. For them to have their own... Um, Camille had tweeted out like a thing on the uh, 24th of like you know those little chairs that they have where it's like the characters and you know you sit on the side and all that so she was at least prominent enough to get her own chair when filming and i didn't know this but the dude who uh was the villain in um cobra kai and um karate kid and all uh he's apparently in this movie which is like oh that's cool i I haven't seen that guy in anything other than karate kid type stuff but um yeah, I can't find any information about, like, any more specifics about it. You know, PW Insider had covered a little bit of it and stuff, but I'm still interested in checking this out, and so it might be something that we might do down the line or a little bit. Um, as far as I'm aware, Emily Bett Records is still playing uh, Mildred Burke. So, yeah, I mean, oh, actually, you know, there are a couple other people in here that this is a pretty decent cast now that I'm looking at more information. Cara Buono, Joshua Lucas, Debra Ann Wall, Walton Goggins...
2: Maybe this is a, like a legit, legit movie. Huh. Well, like, Trinity's, in, Trinity's in it as well. Yeah, Naomi, really. Naomi is it? Huh. Apparently, also um, Jim Cornette might be involved as well. Who? Jim Cornette.
0: Oh, Jim Cornette. I didn't hear that right. Yeah,
2: maybe I he think, was like um,
0: a, some kind of like um, consultant or something. Yeah, or was that's,
2: he like, that's where I would think.
1: Hmm.
2: Oh uh, no, he's and maybe apparently he's been attached. He's been attached to the role of the NWA commissioner.
1: Huh. Oh, that's so. fine. Now that works. For me. It's gonna be like Cody. <laughs> what else are you gonna get in the day and age that would do the role any justice? Hmm. I didn't. I didn't realize that
2: uh, Jim Ross owned the rights to the movie.
1: What? Really?
2: Yeah, yeah Jim Ross was the one that purchased the rights to the movie on Burke, and so uh, he's the exec. He's the executive producer of the movie.
1: I Believe that. Huh. Well, all That's the more very, reason for us to check that out. Fight. Your money can't all be in barbecue sauce.
0: You
1: gotta have your finger in different pies.
0: That would be great if like he shoehorns in a little uh, a little like advertisement in there, like there's like a cookout scene or something and somebody's like, Oh man, I really could use some barbecue sauce <laughs> you know, product placement.
2: Speaking tangentially about the, the Von Erich movie, I ha- I've I've heard the same... Well, I've read about the same like nick's reaction to it i think a lot of the reaction maybe this is just me just speculating and it is definitely just me speculating but um maybe people don't know what to expect about the von erics yeah. and that's why there's a bit of a negative reaction to it because
1: oh, uh, a story yeah,
2: yeah a story about like a wrestling family and like their journey. is like yeah this is gonna be a ton of people dying really super young and like and very really heartbreaking devastating yes. ways and yeah and really like no there's no happy ending to the Von Erich story zero like the zero the, the happy the, the happy ending to the Von Erich story is one of them is still alive that's that's your happy ending to it and uh, yeah and obviously they have there's a uh, there there's like Von Erichs wrestling today like um on the on there are a couple of them in, like MLW or something.
1: They were in MLW for a while, but they are the uh, they're Ross and Marshall von Erich. They were the sons of the Living Von Erich brother, Kevin. And yeah, it's it's not a happy movie, guys. It really isn't. Yeah, so maybe
2: that's probably part of the negative reaction of people coming out and say like, "Wow, I I feel like want to I feel like I want to do it coming out of that movie." Mm-hmm. But then again, like that's probably the reaction a lot of people had coming out of Oppenheimer, and that's a good movie. So. Yeah, I still haven't had a chance
0: to see it.
1: Very interesting move to release this around Christmas. Like, this ain't a Christmas movie. You know, like, make you very sad for Christmas. Oh,
0: it goes with holiday spirits, right? You know, it's either, like, man, it's so great to celebrate all these uh, amazing holiday cheers, or it's, like, seasonal depression. <laughs> so. Two movies we have our eyes on. Maybe we'll do some fan out table things in the future about them or whatever once they come out. Um, There's another sort of offshoot topic. Kayla Braxton is no longer going to be the host of the bump. Megan Morant is going to be taking over hosting duties, which Kayla has clarified. It's not that she was necessarily fired from the job, but this little switch up is pretty interesting. I didn't think that that was necessarily going to happen, especially with Megan Morant being the one that would replace her, I would have thought if anybody would have replaced her, it would have been like, okay, we're bumping up Matt Kemp or maybe Ryan Popola or maybe even putting Kathy Kelly, Kelly on fun. there.
1: Well, Kathy, I think, you're a fun fit for that role. But the reason Megan's doing this is, and they announced this when they announced the most recent switch up that put Jackie Redman on Raw and Kathy on SmackDown, Megan is going exclusively to studio stuff. So it just makes sense to have her always the bump because she um, is
0: doing all, like they really switched up a lot with the most recent things with Jackie and all.
1: Uh, Megan's doing exclusively studio things, and that's kind of a role she's excited to get into. I think the highlight of this, which I'm surprised to how much coverage has been picked up for this story, but I think the highlight of it has been Paul Heyman? Heyman's nice yeah. words. Yeah, like Paul Heyman just being like Kayla is an absolute joy and I look forward to working with her every single time I get to and I can't wait to see what she does next. It's the perfect Paul Heyman switch up from like, no, I'm not gonna roast you. I'm gonna actually tell you that like you're great at your job.
0: Well then he also threw out there that she's madly in love with him and <laughs> it was that uh, she's attracted to my intelligence and all this other kind of stuff. So she's obsessed with me and, you know, cause heyman has got to do a little Paul Heyman type stuff on there. I haven't watched the bump in a long time. I don't know how it's been operating in the past year or so. I think that the last episode that I actively watched was the slammy awards one, which was well over a year ago at this point.
1: Yeah. We were still in COVID times. That
0: was 2020 um, when that happened.
1: Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe actually yeah
0: maybe 2022 true, even um, or 2021 i mean it's one of those two years i know it wasn't last year at the very least but you know the bump became one of those things where uh, how many things of recaps do i need and they stopped really doing anything that was all that interesting it wasn't really people weren't talking about topics that they wouldn't have talked about elsewhere and oh no actually the thing i did see i did watch the uh the cody Rhodes thing Leading up to WrestleMania. I forgot that I watched that episode. But most of it's basically just. I don't really need to hear. Okay. I want to look at the recap of Raw. Then go man. How crazy is that match going to be? So, so
1: they've, they've kind of moved to like a, a morning show format. Where they do actually have some pretty good interviews. Except for the fact that like usually the people they're interviewing are doing a whole bunch of media anyway. And I think it's a good show. I think in a pre-peacock era, it would have been a fun every a weekday morning show for the network. But you know, it's, it is what it is and it does allow for some variety and kudos to Kayla for being on, I think, for like three four years already which is
0: nuts to me. she was there from the start wasn't she
1: yeah she was i think she's hired specifically for
0: that so i mean if you're a Megan morant fan all the more reason to watch the bump if you uh do check it out let us know what you think about it one way or another um hmm i guess let's get into one of these big ones (laughs) So we talked about the idea that Vince McMahon had undergone a spinal surgery and all. Well, here's a little element to that that makes it a little like, huh? I wonder what's happening. McMahon was issued a federal grand jury subpoena and a search warrant over all these allegations of the, the sexual harassment and the hush money payments and everything like that just a few days before the spinal surgery. And it's, kind of interesting that right around the time that the steroid scandal was happening Vince suddenly had the neck issue and then he was walking around with the neck brace and all (laughs) the most interesting take that I've been seeing online is people being like oh this is Vince's play is anytime that he's got some kind of an investigation going on he becomes like He tries to get sympathy through that. Of course, I don't fucking know. I don't know the guy. I don't know anything going on backstage. I don't even want to throw out allegations of being like, maybe maybe that's his thing 100% or anything along those lines. But it is pretty interesting that that is going on. And I do put a little bit more stock right now into the idea that maybe the Endeavor sale wasn't so much, oh my God, everybody's honking their horns like crazy today and sirens and stuff. I'm sorry, everybody. There's apparently some kind of like big protest or something happening. Um, I do put a little bit more stock in the idea that maybe the Endeavor sale wasn't necessarily rushed to be like, well, we really just want to sell the company because Vince is getting too old or we really want to sell the company because we think that now is the time that we can make the most money out of it. But that it was just a means to protect the company from Vince's fallout. And that's it.
1: I can see that being the case. I think they could have done that by him just fucking off. But, I mean, you
0: know. the, that ideally would have been <laughs> the way to do it. it I, but.
1: You know, his daughter could have taken over the company and yeah, he could have just fucked off. But now I think you wanted the final say in what happened. And look, I'll put it to you like this. I don't think anything is going to come of this.
0: I mean, like the subpoena and all.
1: Yeah, in the investigation, but I think it's interesting enough that they followed up enough to say, let's get a grand jury to issue him a subpoena."
0: Yeah, like this clearly isn't Speculate just whether done whether or not yet. he
1: got uh, surgery for sympathy purposes, but I don't know if anything will come of it. It's just been interesting to hear over the last few days that, you know, this wasn't done. Yeah, and he's very much still on the hook. And they're very by the way, they are very much still saying, Yeah, he's recovering, but he's still all in. So take that for what you will.
0: So he's gonna be a Wembley, huh? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's a complicated matter, that's for sure. And I'm sure it's complicated for everybody that's involved outside of, you know, the people
2: like us that have no
0: interactions with them (laughs) whatsoever
2: you know, Vince has faced situations like this before and he always manages to walk away with it pretty much uh, unscathed. Although in this case, he'll be probably rolling away from it. Yeah. Uh, But I, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to get my hopes up that he's actually going to face any kind of repercussions for the things that he's done throughout his life. Uh, But, uh, so yeah, I don't really think that this is going to hold much weight to it. And uh, yeah, yeah, eventually this deal with Endeavor will be a hundred percent done, and we'll see what ramifications that has. It's like I mean, maybe we we haven't seen the full repercussions or effects of that would take because it isn't fully complete. So maybe maybe all the stuff that's happened so far is just the the make weight for what what we'll eventually see, which is oh. maybe some more crossover between WWE and UFC or something of that ilk.
1: Look, I'm not going to... We're not going to get too deep into it, but I just have to throw it out there. The parallels between Vince McMahon and Donald Trump never mm-hmm. cease to amaze me. It's, it's wild how similar those two individuals are.
2: Well, Vince, Vince... If Vince ran for president, he'd get a decent number of votes. Right. Which
0: says a lot. I well, for <laughs> everybody. Yeah. I am all for people being held accountable and i think that we are well past the point that rich people should not have a a barrier to that so you know
1: i'm all for people being held accountable i'm just saying i don't think it's gonna happen here no, because probably not, not because
0: great. you know the world doesn't work that way as far as the endeavor sale goes are you guys as surprised as i am that this isn't done yet because i would have thought by survivors uh, by summer that it's probably what they rushed the hell out of this to be like, yep, yeah, you know what, we sold and whatever, and then now it's just like coasting.
2: No, no, absolutely absolutely not. This is a this is a multi-billion dollar merger. This doesn't happen overnight. Like there's so many details that you'd have to iron out about this. I'm surprised I'd I'd be surprised if it, it finalized it this year.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if someone came in to try to stop it. Like how, you know, there are people trying to stop Microsoft from buying Activision Blizzard, you know, this is a big undertaking. And if it gets done this year, it'll be surprising enough. And honestly, look at how they announced it. One minute it was like, hey, it's WrestleMania Saturday. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, just a small headline here. They're selling the company as soon as Monday. So, you know, maybe it'll be that quick. Like, Maybe we'll be watching SummerSlam and get a random headline of, hey, the deal will be done as soon as Monday. Here's a bunch of new logos.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's weird. I do think that maybe the logos are being held off a little bit until they get renewed contracts for the TV stuff. And then they kind of you know do the whole refresh thing that they've done multiple different times before in the past. But maybe they are waiting for some of that stuff with the Endeavor things. Maybe that's one of the reasons why the championships are changing around the way that they are. Maybe that's just going to change all around too, but we do know that part of that whole Endeavor sale was the hiring freeze, and that's a good transition to talk about how the Elite, we talked about before, that they would most likely re-sign with AEW. They definitely have re-signed with AEW for multi-year contracts, as did Kep Sabian and members of the Dark Order. Again, we've talked about this already before, so it's not really too much for us to break down, but now we got confirmation of it, and they're going to be there for least a couple years you would assume three to five or something along those lines and i'm not in the slightest bit surprised
1: i think that's my question here callum were you at all surprised that they signed no That to me and look i view wrestling differently than like some of my contemporaries on social media the amount of people who i saw being like "Hey, sign! let's go I was like, was was it ever in question? Like, I never thought for a second that we were going to see, you know, Kenny, WWE, or the Bucks, especially the Bucks. I'll say this. Kenny maybe one day will wake up and go, I feel like doing a WrestleMania. The Bucks, I think they're just going to stay with AEW. I think the most interesting thing to come out of this is that they're still EVPs. The press release noted they will continue to be EVPs.
0: Yeah, because there could there could have been a chance that maybe they re-signed and only signed as talent. That was not something that I really thought was going to happen, but it was like, that's a possibility. Could have been like a renegotiating thing about like, you know, well, Tony Khan wants to re... Uh, reformat their contracts, and he wants to take full control. He'll take their considerations into the account, but they're not going to be VPs and whatever. No, nope, just everything staying the same. Okay, not at all surprised.
1: And then the um, we get to talk about it here because we're talking about the elite. They said on Dynamite. Well, Kenny said on Dynamite that they will be on future episodes: Dynamite, Rampage, and Ring of Honor, and Collision. So hopefully that means more elite on television because I really have felt something was off since all out last year. And I want to see more of them while we have them, especially Ken.
0: Well, we're talking about the idea of AEW and the different division and, you know, some of the issues that are going on behind the scenes and stuff. Let's talk about Lufisto. So, I haven't done a deep dive of what this whole situation is, but if you go on Lufisto's Twitter from last night at 813, this is what was tweeted out, had a one hour phone call with a current AEW talent. The woman who actually addressed the problems I did today were the ones sent home by Tony Khan. There was a meeting to shoot on Thunder Rosa that Khan attended before leaving. He reminded them that their segments were the lowest when some of the girls arranged a meeting to talk about Baker's crew, one of them ran to Britt to let her know. The girls that wanted to address the problem were the ones punished. Things didn't get better. They got worse. The legitimate wrestlers believe Tony doesn't give a damn about women's wrestling and feel like they're going back to the Divas era. Ask me who the fuck I am. Tell me I'm irrelevant. And then that I'm doing this for attention. Call me a liar. Tell me to kill myself. You got it. That's more of like the other things about like, you know, that, uh people like crap it on her or whatever like that. But if there is truth to this, which I tend to believe some of that stuff, because, you know, most of the time that people say, don't believe everything that you read online, it's because it makes them look bad and they don't want people to believe what they <laughs> are putting out there online. And then it ends up being like, yeah, there's some truth to this thing, these things. I don't know. I mean, the women's division hasn't been great in AEW and there have been lots and lots of stories for quite a while now about these warring factions, you know, the, the Baker and Rosa type crews. And I could see this being that there is like kind of an epidemic in the women's division in AEW. And I don't know about if Tony Khan is somebody who's just not necessarily punishing people that can, you know, he's like, he's not being a good, dad and manager of these people to just settle all those kind of like the CM Punk and the Elite thing or if that's all being blown out of proportion but now at this point I'm like you know I could see certain people wanting to leave the company because I wouldn't want to be around that if that is true wouldn't shock me if we had like a Thunder Rosa leaving or something
2: and yet people keep resigning
1: Mm -hmm. Weird. Um, It's strange. So, Just just real, real quick, because the origin of this interview, of of this discussion, is an interview that she did with Fightful. You can read the full story on Fightful.com, including her take on what happened the one time she did wrestle for AEW, what she has to say about Dustin Rhodes, Ruby Soho. You can read all of that on Fightful.com. I... I'll say this: where there's smoke, there's probably fire. But I wasn't there, and really knows.
2: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm, sorry, I'm not going to discredit her perspective because everything that she said could very well be accurate and as as Rob says like when there is at least some element of smoke then there probably are issues behind the scenes and it has been documented like we at least know that there have been issues because they've flat out said there's been issues between um, uh, like Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker's crew and like that whole like fracas about that stuff so But there has to be some element of added context into this. Lufisto has worked once for AEW. That was 18 months ago. Um, She said that in her most recent tweet that she had a conversation with an AEW performer recently and that they were unhappy with this situation. And that could be one person being unhappy Mm -hmm. out of everyone else. And that Um, person
0: could be making shit up for all we know.
2: Exactly. So, yeah, we can't. Say, I'm not saying that they would 100% be lying, but like, Lufisto's got nothing to lose coming out and saying this, which some people could interpret as, like, okay, then why would she lie about this stuff? But it also could be interpreted of well, she's got nothing to lose, so she could lie about it and it's not going to affect her. So, again, I don't know her, so I can't go one way or the other. I'm just trying to find a balance because there's obviously there's many people that will always go to the extreme one way or the other for the wrong reasons. But it's because they like AEW so much they can't pretend that they are a blameless company. Well, they cut they they assume that they're a blameless company and everything they do is great, which is clearly demonstrably false. But then there's also people that will just take the side of one person because it's one versus a big corporation and the one person is always you know mm-hmm. should always be right. And yeah, it's always a middle ground situation. Like some of the stuff that she said. It 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 made me lose sympathy for her in the regards, to, like in the interview that she gave to Fightful, just like bringing up the fact that Sky Blue was like I don't know a mute. <laughs> like I said, Wait, what was I, that? Because <laughs> I didn't check out the I interview. Exact, I can't remember her exact wording. So I don't know if Rob wants to bring it up or will take me to task about it. But didn't she say something about the fact that like they were they were going through the match they're having? I think she was part of like a six woman tag that took place on dark it was just like, you know, just a few minute thing and that they were discussing it prior to the match and she said that, like, Sky Blue just stood there silently. I think she even described her as, like, I don't know, it was something like she was either too stupid to say anything or was just under the thumb or something on those lines. And I just thought, well, that's just an errand shot. From At that point, someone, Sky Blue, 18 months ago, who was, like, very young in the business and probably uh... just, you know, wanted to do what she was told and just, like, didn't want to rock the boat too much. Like I'm just going
1: I'm going to read this verbatim. One thing I noticed mm-hmm. is Sky Blue is not saying a word. They tell her what to do. Anna J says I can do this. It will be your turn. I don't want to talk too much of my input because I realized I'm the only one not signing the match. Why am I there? At this point I don't know. They told me I'm going to start with Sky Blue. She says what do you want to do? What are your moves? It's like either she's as Either she's bland as a person, or she's not allowed to talk. Jesus,
2: <laughs> yeah. hey. I'm just think it's just an errant shot at someone who, like, she doesn't know. Like she, like, ha, like I don't know how often she'd met Sky Blue at that point, but she just immediately got that perspective about her. Doesn't mind talking about it. Um, I think it's all this stuff about like she she rubbed me up the wrong way when she describes like the legitimate wrestlers phrase. In the, in, in the most recent tweet she gave, which means that she's trying to paint a divide between people who are real wrestlers in the company and presumably Britt Baker and her crew, which they think are, like, you know, quote-unquote divas. And which is, which is always unhelpful, because, like, I, I don't care if, like, you have a character that is more, quote-unquote, diva-ish. Like, they're still going out there and working. And it's, it's not like they're asking them to go, what, have we ever seen a situation in AW where they've been ripping people's clothes off or something like that? It's like, like, they've never gone that far. That's Speaking awesome. of going
0: far, I'm going to step away for a moment and let these guys talk. There is a full blown riot going on outside. <laughs> so let me double check what's happening while these guys talk. I'll be right back.
2: Guys, <laughs> this Lifista thing went out, great. It was like gone out of the hand. <laughs> yeah, really. But uh, as, as as I say, I, I can't, I'm not going to just like, it, may, it makes me weird feel like I might be like overstepping the line and just saying like what she's saying is wrong. But I just don't think that one person's perspective should be getting as much attention to it. And the reason why it's getting a lot of attention is because people um, are trying to find the reason why the women's division sucks in AEW or is not living up to its potential. And this is giving them an easy answer to it that it's all about these clicks behind the scenes
1: i'm gonna I, i will say this yes i do work for fightful i did not transcribe this i did not do the interview i've actually outside of reading the article that the rest of the world has read i didn't do anything with this from my perspective the timing is interesting same thing we always say, you know, fault on all sides. But there, it's it's just a little, it's a little too much. Like, it's a, it's a very long article. Again, I encourage you all to read it because it's, she gets into a lot. And I kind of feel like, hey, maybe this is what it boils down to. As much changes as you can try to make, wrestling business is still the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. And I think that. When you're, when you're reading this as a, as a modern fan, you're like, oh, my God, scandal. I can't believe it. In actuality, this is pretty much like every other wrestling interview that has occurred over the last 20 years. She didn't have a great experience at AEW, and it's unfortunate. And hopefully they can all come to the table and work that out. And that's from the actual interview she gave with Fightful. I want to talk about the tweets sent afterwards really paint a different picture of, like, okay, now not only are you suggesting that anyone who tries to cause change in the women's division is getting let go, but that Tony Khan, like, legit just went to their face and said, by the way, yeah, shoot on Thunder Rosa, whatever, your segments are the lowest rated on TV. That's painting Tony as a asshole. Too. So mm. there, there's a lot there, you know.
2: Yeah, as I, I say, it's it always comes down to just this. At the moment, it's just one person's perspective. And it's like like a lot of it could be either accurate or at least have seeds of truth in it. So we can't discredit it. I will say that um, the the final tweet in the thread of her saying like um, like this person this
1: this, this person nobody the right is pick. fighting for it's change like, or whatever. Yeah.
2: It was' do- it's doing that and then putting her photo of herself at the end of it as well I just think do you who are you trying to appeal to are you, just, are you trying to get t- are you trying to get tickets to your next show like you trying to make sure people appear and like cheer you on it's like yeah that's when I get a little bit like eh, this is a bit icky like you're tr- like if you have a point to make make the point then that don't just make it all about yourself. I know she's probably getting, a, she's got a lot of hate for it, and so wants to fight back in it. And that's totally fine. But then, to, you know, to put a photo of yourself at the end of it and say, "Yeah, I, I'm doing the right thing," it's like, yeah, it's a little bit, ick. But, um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, this is one of those stories that like comes up every now and again, and people talk about it for a week or two, and then, uh, and then it just goes away. Like, no one will remember this in a month's time, so.
0: Well, uh, I am. I, think- I am back. I don't know how uh, what the conversation's been going on. I don't even know what's going on outside, but it is a multi-block, hundreds and hundreds of people, tons of cops type of thing. So,
2: yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't miss much. We were just like we were just up kind of wrapping up, really up really. the
0: uh, Lufista thing. Yeah, probably a lot of the same opinions that I agree. All right, so I agree with these guys.
2: <laughs> well, oh, Tony
0: let's uh let's round this out with some tv talk and now we've been doing a thing for quite a while now where we go through each show and talk about the things that you know this happened and this happened now it's really gotten to a point where not as many things are all that interesting to talk about so instead we're going to try a format uh, a little bit differently this time which is what do you want to talk about from anything that's related to here? Which <laughs> I will start with the one and pretty much one of the only topics that I think is worth talking about. If you're following up with the women's division discussion with uh, the whole Lufisto thing, AEW did end the show this week with a women's world championship match. And not only is that something that maybe speaks against the idea of like Tony Khan, quote unquote, like hating the women's division or whatever. But it's also interesting that Hikaru Shida won the title.
1: I saw that coming. So once they announced the match of the main event, I said, okay, either they've got a huge surprise, and Sean says Jamie Hayter's not ready to go yet. I said, so they either got Mercedes, Jade's coming back, or Shida's just winning the title. Because I'm like, why else would. With- They wouldn't go off the air of their 200th celebration with, and the outcast win. See you later, everybody. So it was nice to see Sheeta win. It really played up the idea that she didn't get to defend her title in front of people. And I think that is great that she's going to get that chance now. She'll be a great champion going into Wembley and moving forward because she's a tremendous wrestler. And I'm excited to see her as champion.
2: Yeah, I thought the match was very good. I can't say the build to it was spectacular because it wasn't. And pretty much every match that she'd have won in the build-up to it was on Rampage, Like the most recent victory that she had over Nyla Rose. So they could, definitely could have done a better job of preparing for it. Also, apparently, like um, I was listening to someone's review of Dynamite after it happened, and I didn't. I didn't notice it at the time, but apparently, for to them, it was glaringly obvious the title change was happening because um, the outcast came out with a sad look on their face. Huh. <laughs> so apparently, they uh, telegraphed that they that Tony was losing the title. But um, but yeah, the match itself was pretty good, and then the ending was very very good because essentially the outcasts all trying to get involved and have beating the hell out of all of them with a kendo stick. They did a really good near fall with the Storm Zero and. Uh, her kicking out of that, and then like getting the uh like flash pin. You no, know, it's a, it's a it's a good moment, and it feels like again, there's a lot of things you can always point to and say, is this going to be the kind of reset that the women's division in AEW needs? And but maybe it, maybe it is again, but you can't really get your hopes up too high in that regard because you know we've had that kind of fault before, and it hasn't fully delivered. But Sheeda is. One of the Aew originals, and she's been there for a long time, and she's put a lot of work into the company, so I think she's more than worthy of being a two-time champion and getting the opportunity to defend that title in Wembley Stadium so so yeah i'm super I'm super punked about that, and uh yeah, I don't know who she'll face. But Nobody stands called. out to
0: me as like, okay, well clearly Sheeta is gonna go up against this person and that's gonna be the AEW all in match or anything.
2: My yeah, my mindset at the <clears> moment <throat> goes towards Soraya. Hmm. Just because it's it's in London. So you have the Brit face her instead. But, you know, it could be a rematch with Tony because like she just lost in a a flash pin and so they could give her a rematch to it Ruby Soho's an obvious, another option as well if they just want to stick within the outcast
0: realm could it could be
2: yeah it could be like a triple threat with Tony and Britt Baker because Britt's been winning on TV recently as well so, so yeah there's a there, there are definitely options out there but uh we'll have to wait and see how they actually go but I think for a nice way to cap off um yeah, to, to cap off the two hundred episode of Dynamite, I think that was like yeah, nice moment, nice total change.
1: And I think the, the episode as a whole, to me, represented a tip of the cap to the originals, because there's there's some shit that happened on the show that doesn't normally happen. Like for example, Trent Beretta won a match on Dynamite. I looked through Cage Match. It's been a very long time since that's happened in a singles capacity. Um, they had we're gonna go over they had the elite talking about had they're sticking around. It felt like, hey, we we're still AEW, you know, thank you for sticking with us. And we're also gonna put over some of these people who haven't had the chance to because you know we got so many signings that we had to push everybody down. So oh, that was a thumbs up for me. Uh, I mean,
2: I mean, yeah, we right. talking about like stuff that happened this week that we found interesting. Like pretty much all of the two hundred episode of Dynamite, I thought was a really good show. I mean, yeah, we we're going to we don't need to go like blow for blow with all the matches, but you had like the Jericho tag match with Takeshita, where Don Callis hit Daniel Gossier with a bat and Jericho pinned him, even though he clearly saw him get hit with the bat. So. There's that more fractures story in the um, Jericho Appreciation Society and where that's going to lead. Um, there was that uh, awesome segment of um, Swerve Strickland and uh, AR Fox beating the shit out of uh, Nick. Murdering. Uh, Is uh, yeah. Yeah, like... yeah, like, that was that was such a really that was a really good segment. That's that feud's going really well. Um, you had uh, you had fucking RVD debuted. In yeah, AEW, that's the one I, I was sure. going to
1: bring up. That I was like, we can't. Talk about TV and not talk about Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam's gonna fight Jungle Boy, mm-hmm. uh, Jack Perry next week. And potentially at all in? I know that's was a rumor from Sean.
0: It makes it more sense for me, at least, for that to be at all in than to just be on dynamite.
2: Yeah. My question is, um like is I'll be able to travel to UK? That's mm. kind of He did just know, recently wrestle like, there. Oh I, did. oh, I did. Okay, so that's totally cool then. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I could see that being all in, but I also think that you might just want to do because at the moment it looks like they're doing that whole mini C W angle bringing R V D in. I think the likelihood is that I D comes in, has a good match with Perry and loses, and then Perry goes after Taz, and then you have Hook come back, and then you set up a more like blood feudy type match for either all in or all out. So. I think I think that's probably the direction they'll go in. But you know, it's cool to see R V D. That big uh, flying kick to almost uh, hit the chair onto Perry so it shows that he can still move. And I've seen some matches that he's had recently with um had a match uh, a couple of month a few months back with um uh, Dante Martin uh, prior to his injury. And he can still he can still move pretty well for a guy who's like in his mid fifties. So I'm looking forward to what he can do with Perry. But, yeah, I thought that the overall the show was like it was a it was a good celebration of dynamite and like they put like in perspective they reached two hundred episodes, like um people I don't say so they forget, but they probably don't know that like Nitro only got to two hundred and seventy three episodes so so they're really? about like yeah wow, that's really so that's that changes my perspective <laughs> so that yeah, they're only about yeah well, i mean people think, people don't recall that like nitro started in 95 and it was dead by 2001 like by like in a year just over a year and a half time then yeah they'll have surpassed nitro and be well on the road to 300 and this is there's no sign of them going away anytime soon this is a very sustainable thing in fact they're about to make if at all reports are to be believed they're going to be making more money than they've ever had before on their next tv deal so but yeah it's all it's a good signs and it's uh it's great that this company has been around it's uh i'd say like they make mistakes they're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination but i think that in many ways it has revitalized wrestling in north america because we'd 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 been stuck with a monopoly for way too long we needed this alternative to be around
0: by the way, we have wow. more news on what this riot is that's been going on. It's apparently some YouTuber named Kai Sinat. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that
2: correctly. I've heard of them, but like not, not in terms of like actually checking out their stuff or anything like that. But uh, well, That's but yeah. why
0: you've been hearing a lot of sirens and stuff, because this is still going on. People are getting beaten up and uh, carted away because kids are getting attacked and stuff. So, okay. so
2: yeah. Yes. I was just looking at it. So they're, giving away a, um, they're giving away, like, gift cards. And apparently, that's, like, everyone's getting crushed to try and get hold of
1: this gift code. Yeah. Uh, mobile riots. We're looking at the footage on Twitter. Terrible.
0: I saw one. I've just been looking on Twitter about that. Somebody uh, that's been tweeting out was, like, this thing's turning into a Royal Rumble, which is just, like, yeah, this is, this is crazy. So, uh, obviously... Apologies for all the noise um, in the background of that. Hopefully, people are glad okay. To be, right, uh, I'm
1: glad <laughs> that it's related to a YouTube slash Twitch influencer and not like yeah something else which caused a full blown riot.
0: Hello, it's all insane, but
1: um, maybe should sign them. But so it's going.
2: Uh,
0: yeah. So I mean the the RVD things definitely one of the biggest talking points, the Sheeta stuff here and there. Um, there wasn't anything on raw that we didn't already talk about. There wasn't anything on NXT that we really feel like we need to talk about as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Smackdown tonight's not looking all that like, you know, crazy. It's just sort of.
1: Summer slam is tomorrow and
0: they're phoning the it bulk,
1: in. <laughs> the bulk of discussion in wrestling right now is. All right, is, is uh, James still going to win this belt or not? And we think we know how we stand, but I'm honestly, I'll say this, wouldn't shock me at all if they just put James over at this point.
0: let's have that be our, our little final discussion here. Have you changed any of your opinions of anything for SummerSlam since we did the predictions, but...
1: That's about the most that I can say because I I see no reason to change any other major match here, except I'm going to go into this until the bell rings to signify the end of the match, not knowing whether or not they're just going to pull the trigger on Jey Uso because they got bored. You know what I mean? Like, literally they can do... Anything with this one, and I, I don't know. I think there's a good chance we might get Universal Champion Jay Uso for five seconds, you know. Mm. Even if it's just a short run, I think there's a good chance they do it.
0: Any adjustments to your predictions, Callum?
2: I mean, not until they announce more people for this uh, Slim Jim battle royal.
0: Yeah, that's uh, true. They might still announce quite a bit tonight. Yes,
2: yeah, so, yeah, so they'll, they'll probably name all the people that are going to be in it on SmackDown. You'd, or at least most of them, you'd assume. But, um, but yeah, all the rest of the stuff feels like there's been nothing to give me any indication that uh, my ideas would be off, off, off-piece based on uh, what's previously been discussed. So, so yeah, I'm still, I'm still pretty much sticking to it. But we'll, we'll. We'll make our final predictions, like, internally tomorrow before
1: going out to it. I keep getting confused and thinking SummerSlam's in the afternoon.
0: Yeah, I keep thinking that, too.
1: It's not. It's going to be the first, like, major event to go head-to-head with Collision. So that should be interesting. But obviously... Depending on what's
2: on SummerSlam at that point, I will be watching parts of Collision. So, like, like if uh, if uh, if there's a like that punk. I mean, if Stark they run match, the
1: punk match opposite the battle royal, then yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, like... well, oh, if if they run punk and
2: Starkers against pretty much half this card, like it, unless it's Gunter versus Dream McIntyre or the uh, Brock Lesnar Curry Rose or the the tribal combat match, I'm probably going to be watching that over anything else on the show. <laughs> so, no, but, uh, I'm
1: most intrigued because. We had a great discussion about it on Tuesday. I, I definitely feel more comfortable than ever saying Finn Dollar should win this title. Whether or not they pull that trigger, I don't know, but he should win it.
0: I am firmly still exactly where I was before. Nothing's changed <laughs> in my opinion yet, but SmackDown might adjust those, like uh, you know, the Battle Royale at the very least, or maybe they announce another match or two. I don't think that they will, but... Naturally, that will be the next time you guys are going to hear from us. This is the SummerSlam pay-per-view point post show coming up tomorrow night. So make sure that you are all set up for joining us for the live show. That way you can join in on the live chat and all. And make sure that you are following us on Facebook and Twitter, checking out everything else on com, following all the live coverage stuff that's out there, my post on EWN, everything over on fanboysanonymous.com check out the most recent fan tracks of uh, justice league war world i gotta say it's not all that good but you might have some fun watching it along with uh, rob and i of course uh check out the blueprint project and all the different elements that go along with that and make sure that you are going to amangotree.com and just liking and Favoriting and following and doing all the good stuff for all the different accounts that you can see there, including my personal accounts at Tony Mango. I follow Rob and Callum.
1: Yep, you can follow me everywhere at Dude Felice. You can check out Fightful.com again if you want to know more about that whole Vista story. It's all there at Fightful. The origins of it are in that article, as well as all the follow up. We kept it contained in one article. So All the info is there. Um, Outside of that, DudeFelice everywhere. Uh, DudeFelice.com forever coming soon. And thank you for your support.
2: You can follow me on Twitter at WeekMister14. You can check out the Power Rankings every Saturday. Over on to Markup Moments, usually like on Saturday morning, you'll be out there to check that out. So you can see my rankings for the WWC superstars for the previous week of activity. And then there are also the Fantasy League. So SummerSlam will have an impact in that and determine who wins that and therefore how much they'll be able to tinker with their teams moving forward. Uh, yeah, so make sure you're following along. We'll When we uh, do the post-show for SummerSlam, we'll be able to revisit how the events of SummerSlam are affected the standings and who will be able to swap who and who will be adding who to their team. So make sure you tune in for that and head over to www.fantasyleague.com for all the latest information there.
0: Alrighty, everybody. That's going to do us in for episode number 609. We will see you tomorrow with the SummerSlam post-show. Until then, enjoy SmackDown. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Hit the like button if you did. And audio us for now. This has been another SmartGow moment. And we are being counted out.